Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this DFS Dreamer off-season podcast edition of the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I said that all wrong. It's on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, Pierre. We're in a rush. We're in a hurry tonight. We were going to record this evening, and Pierre said, dude, we can't. I want to watch the draft, and Pierre, I have no reason why. None. I can't figure out why you would want to watch the NFL draft. Well, I guess you're like dancing or something, so I don't know why you're why you're dancing. But yeah, man, the, the draft it's it's fun. I mean, you got to think about the these these teenagers, young men. You know, they're they're reaching goals and dreams, and you know, teams are about to change as well. So I know my team didn't have a first round pick, but I'm still excited for you know what the the landscape of the NFL how it changes this evening. Okay, it's cool to see those people reach their goals, the things that they've been working at for so long and being pushed you know, over and over again by their family, by their peers and all that to get to where they are. But I, I, I can't get – the only reason why I like watching the draft anymore is, first of all, to see who gets put in the doghouse. You know what I mean? Like the guy sitting in the green room or the waiting room, just to see that kind of drama. And they always make that drama unfold uh, a little bit at a time. And and uh, it's fun to watch that a little bit. I don't take great pleasure in it, but it's just, it, you know, it's drama. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> that's awful. If that's what you're very, I, I felt so bad for those that are sitting around because all the cameras are up in their face. And, <laughs> this is their special night. And it's like all these guys that aren't even here. Or getting picked before you. How does, how does that feel? But uh, clearly, we saw that happen with uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know, he he was p- oh. potentially number one. They went to Alex Smith, and he's usually on the clips that they show. It's like him and Brady Quinn just sitting there in the green room waiting. So that's a that's tough. That's kind of hard. Kind of harsh from you. Well, it's, I, I, it's, once again, it's just drama. It's it's drama made. So that's why I like watching it a little bit. And it is harsh. And I like to watch the reactions, how they kind of blow up. Mac Jones looked like he knew where he was going last year, if you remember. Oh, him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he, he didn't care at all. He was like, this is just playing right into my hands is what it was doing. Uh, and, and then I also like to watch the, not uniforms, but like the way they dress. Last year, it was really strange. It seemed like everybody was wearing pants that were too short. You know what I mean? Like when they were walking and then they didn't have socks on. They It was very strange to watch these young men. And then Mac Jones looked like he was trying to squeeze into his outfit last year. I guess I'm just fashion police whenever it comes to these things. And I, I'm, Times have changed. There's, there's different styles, different trends. And yeah, they just want to be comfortable. If they feel like they look good, that's what that's what matters is their, their own self-confidence with what they're wearing. And uh, it's going to be in Vegas. I hear it's windy. Uh, tonight, probably a little hot out in Vegas as well. So we'll, we'll see on what the, they they come up with. It's on the water too, isn't it? Like like they got it on a a, a I won't say a beach, but it's by, like a big pool and stuff. Yeah, something like that. I, I'm sure it'll be spectacular. <laughs> well, uh, yes, I, and you're all right. I'm I will be at dance class. Uh, not me personally. Take the little one to dance class. She loves it. The little six year olds in a little tutu and leotard. I'm not uh, in a tutu and leotard. P. I thought Get it was that you. I thought you were like twinkle twinkle toes easily or something like that. Well, I've, I've been called worse. Hey, Pierre, in football news, though, today, we're going to go over some football. We're going to go over basketball, a little bit of baseball as well. In the short period of time that we have here this evening on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, Josh Allen, did you hear that Josh Allen's fifth-year team option was exercised for the year 2023? Did you hear that? Yeah, that's the, the Jags, right? Jags oh, Jags. See, you're always on top of things. I was hoping I was going to pull a fast one there on you. <laughs> I'm yeah, a Colts fan, so I see things within my division. But <laughs> I did see that the Bills, Josh Allen, um, yeah, read mean tweets. I don't know if you saw that or not, but mm-hmm. the Bills account posted it uh, basically 
fans just dogging out their pick when they picked him uh, number seven overall back a few years ago, and he's reading them off, and it's it's pretty fun and entertaining. Uh, not suited for work. There's some some language with some, but I would I would check it out of just folks basically saying he was a bad pick at the time and him reading those off in front of a camera. Boy, have him and uh, Cole Beasley read off those vaccination tweets too uh, that they had. Boy, that would be tough. Uh, <laughs> Tons of smoke coming out of the NFL draft tonight. Tons of people being mm-hmm. rumored, being traded. I think some you know validity to the Baker Mayfield claims, possibly mm-hmm. uh, trades heating up with the Panthers, so forth. Debo Samuel maybe going to the Jets. He may be going to the moon. I don't know where he's going exactly, <laughs> but everybody's wanting a little piece of Debo Samuel. Yeah, Debo's a, a hot name. I'm not sure he's going anywhere. I know the, the Jets are the rumor they've been in on. You know, uh, Tyreek Hill before he went to Miami as well. But we'll see. That's probably a big name. I think he stays put. Uh, the top of the draft is really interesting because usually there's like a lock, you know, like a, a Trevor Lawrence being number one. That doesn't seem to be the, the case tonight. Um, it sounds like it might be uh, Trayvon Walker based off reports. Um, I think many thought it would be Aiden Hutchinson coming in. So it's going to be interesting right off the start. And um, I also made a joke earlier that the Raiders don't have a first round pick. Uh, they traded it to the Packers for Devontae Adams. And so I'm not sure who's going to just botch their first round pick this year because normally it's the Raiders. You could guarantee they were going to do something just crazy and not very smart. And they're not on the board tonight. So it'll be interesting how that unfolds. Yeah, it, it will be. Um, draft night is always fun to get to watch a little bit. It, it is it is an event, and the NFL knows how to put <laughs> on an event for sure. Another event going on right now is the NBA. We've been talking about the NBA playoffs a little bit, and we'll recap these first-round series here. The Heat have put the Hawks out of their misery, four games to one, and they've moved on in the conference semifinals. The 76ers, mm-hmm. though, and the Raptors are in a dogfight. You and I talked about them kind of being able to match up with the 76ers a little bit. I don't know if James Harden has any magic left in him. Also, Joel Embiid looks like he's limping around it's that time of year for him yeah he's he's done with a, a wrist i believe uh, he's playing through it but they, they said he might need surgery uh but they've definitely uh the raptors have made it interesting have a chance to, to tie it up uh back in toronto tonight uh big news right before we 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 kind of started recording here is devin booker's actually playing tonight uh, for the suns as well he's he's missed the last few games with a hamstring but He's now expected to play, and the, the Suns have a chance to to kind of close it out there in New Orleans. So we'll we'll see how that plays out as well. That was pretty big right before we started recording. Okay, hold on. Here's I got to scratch this off. Ask about Devin Booker update. I had that right there underneath the Suns. <laughs> I don't know, 76ers, though, I see how we're, okay. Uh, Bucks put the Bulls out of their misery four games to one. That wasn't even a contest. It wasn't even a contest, so I'm, we're not going gonna to move on. We're not even talking about the Bulls right now, okay? We're just going to move <laughs> on. The Celtics, 4 nothing over the Nets. I could see that happening because when you sit there and you watch Kyrie and you watch KD, there's just mm-hmm. absolutely no defense, no defense whatsoever. And the Celtics are a young, hustling team. And if you're not going to defend them, they're just going to go all over you. Oh, yeah. Boston's good. Uh, started off a little slow, but they, they found their groove. And as you mentioned, uh, the Nets, you know, they're big two now, aren't really defenders. I actually thought Ben Simmons would really help them because, you know, he was an all-NBA defender. But not sure what he has going on, whether it's physical or it's mental. Um, he clearly didn't play. Uh, but that definitely, uh, I think, prevented them from potentially advancing. Uh, but that next matchup with the, the Bucks and the Celtics should be fun, should be good. I know Middleton's 
probably going to be out. It sounds like he's going to miss uh, the second round as well. So that that could hamper the the Bucks could need him a bit more against a team like the Celtics. But you know, Giannis is still to me the best player in the NBA. So we'll we'll see how that series plays out, how it unfolds. Uh, we're still trying to get through the first round, though. <laughs> you know, I, I I'm I'm contemplating bringing up Ben Simmons sideline attire that he had on you know being the fashion police that i am i but you know as long as they feel comfortable pierre that's what you said that's so right that's right he stood out you knew who he was in the crowd oh, didn't you he was making a statement i'm not sure what statement he was making but he was making a statement uh first round here the suns lead that series three games to two and as you said devin booker is going to be playing this evening which is always going to be one of those things even if he's you know a 75 percent devin booker is still a lot better than a lot of the other players in the league. You know, he's just he can shoot oh, the ball yeah. lights out. Absolutely, he's he's gonna he's gonna help. And I mean, they're they're good without him, but he just helps them get to another level. So even if he's limited, uh, he's gonna just add another score, another playmaker, uh, which they're really gonna need on the road. Obviously, they they handled the Pelicans there at home, but now they're on the road, and that's when you kind of need your stars to to play and to step up as those road games, those hostile environments. Uh, so it should be interesting. I think they might close it out if he's even close to to 100%, 80%, 85%, et cetera. I want to say they're going to close it out. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where Chris Paul likes the kind of drama. It, but th- <laughs> didn't he play for New Orleans before? Isn't yeah. that who he played? Okay, so yeah. this is all – yeah, this is all he, – he'd love drafted. to do it on the home floor. He'd love to do it on that home floor. You know, you know, Chris Paul don't forget things, man. You know, he doesn't does, And they pestered him. Last time they were there, like the rookies, Jones, Alvarado, or just – they were pestering him. I thought he might get ejected just the way they were poking at him and just kind of poking the bear. So it'll be interesting he, how he responds to that. He's funny to watch out there, too, because he thinks he's one of the referees. He thinks he's one of the coaches. He, he's, I mean, he's a point guard. You're a point guard, Paul. Just, just play point guard, man. They're all like that. That's the the only one of the downsides. I love the NBA, but they complain so much on every call. You think that no one ever committed a foul by their reactions. So that that just gets to me a bit. But other than that, I, I enjoy it. I think it's very entertaining. Mavericks are now taking the lead over the Utah Jazz three games to two. And, I, mm-hmm. you know, I said I didn't think that they'd be able to do this. And then, uh, you know, th- circumstances changed. And, and if, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, if the Jazz lose this series, I would just be so upset if I was if I was a Jazz fan or a Jazz player. Yeah, it's, it's tough, especially since uh, early on they didn't have Luka. Um, and the, the Mavericks still, you know, won a game, maybe even two, without Luka there. So, now that he's back, he just kind of changes the series, given that they have the advantage. Even if they lose tonight, being the Mavs, like they still get another game back at home. So it's tough for Utah. I think there's a lot of expectations for them to win. If they lose and have another first-round exit, then you start to wonder what changes are going to happen. Like, is Donovan Mitchell going to want out? Are they going to do something with Gobert? Uh, obviously, Conley's getting up in age. Uh, you can't just have – these guys on pretty high salaries and you, you continue to falter in the first round. So if they do get knocked out, you can expect some, probably a big change or two coming for the Jazz. Grizzlies are leading the series three games to two over the Timberwolves. I expect them to be able to take that one. Timberwolves got a lot of talent though, uh, but I think the Grizzlies can handle them here to close this series out. And the Warriors defeated the Nuggets four games to one, four games to one. And Pierre, I loved what you said on a couple episodes ago, or maybe it was last episode, where you mm-hmm. looked at the Warriors and said, I think that they're the the team to beat. And I was thinking about that, and I, I think the Suns actually do have a good shot. They match up well 
They match mm-hmm. up well against the Warriors because of all the peri- – I love the Suns' perimeter defense that they have. They, they got a lot of people that like to hang out at the three-point line, and that's really where the Warriors live. I'm not sure that they're strong enough to get through all those picks and everything that the Warriors run, but I, I think the Suns probably have the best shot at being able to beat the Warriors. Yeah, I, I think that's going to probably be the the Western Conference Finals as long as – I guess I didn't look at the bracket, but if, they, if they're in separate brackets, that's probably going to be – the, the Western Conference Finals, and you look at the way it just kind of sets up is Golden State has that experience. You know, they they got, you know, titles. They've won championships. Draymond, Clay's healthy. Steph's, you know, getting ready to be healthy as well. He started, you know, last game, and they're hard to stop, man. The, the Splash Brothers, they had Jordan Poole out of Michigan. You know, he's now in the mix. Andrew Wiggins, a, a really good defender as well. You know, a, a former, you know, lottery pick himself. So they're just really good, and they're clicking at the right time, and they're they're used to you know having those backs against the ro- backs against the ropes. Uh, I know Phoenix made the deep run last year, you know, lost in the finals to the Bucks, but I just feel like the experience will probably play out, which is why I, I'm I'm kind of leaning the the Golden State route. But I agree that 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 matchup is probably going to be spectacular if those are the the two teams that get to the Western Conference Finals. I am rooting for Suns versus Warriors just so I can watch Chris Paul and Draymond Green <laughs> all day long. Oh, this with hey, the refs. <laughs> Poor referees. DFS Fever podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. That is Pierre at Wee 31 who's bringing you all the great information and answering all of my silly little questions. And you can find me over on Twitter as well, at Loafinit. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore there, Pierre. Pierre, we are also running around the NFL, looking at all the different depth charts, which may change a little bit tonight during the draft a little mm-hmm. bit, just as we get things. And we are over here in the NFC South. We're going to go with the NFC South south with the Atlanta Falcons and actually things look very different for the Atlanta Falcons this year in my head just simply because we look at the quarterback situation there and we see Marcus Mariota as the starter which is probably a good thing it's an upgrade over uh, Matt Ryan Matt Ryan was really over the hill I don't think he what? has anything left in the tank he get out no of here <laughs> get out of here I see what you're doing I'm not falling for it <laughs> yeah, I was digging on you a little bit. I like Matt Ryan. Very cerebral. He'll fill it in well. You won't even hardly miss hip Carson Wentz at all. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like it's going to be a, a Phillip Rivers situation a couple years ago, except Ryan still has a, a little bit of a stronger arm. So I'm you excited. Think- uh, I like Carson Wentz. Um, I know he he was he was hard to watch. Like it was a roller coaster watching him week over week. Uh, and what he would try to do versus what he should do. But I, I think Ryan will bring some stability, uh, which is what the, the coach need. We're, we're kind of built pretty well outside of probably pass catcher right now. So if he can just manage uh, the game, make quick throws, I, I think we'll be fine and he'll, he'll, he'll excel uh, under our offensive line. We're, 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 we're talking about the Falcons here. We're trying you to mentioned talk about Matt Ryan. That's your fault like, bringing him up to a coach fan. That, that's on you. Do you think that uh, when Carson Wentz entered the building last year for the Indianapolis Colts, they just gave him Phillip Rivers' jersey, and they said, here, just wear this. We'll change the number. And then when, when Matt Ryan came in, they said, here, just you wear the Carson Wentz jersey. <laughs> Probably there. They both are wearing two, but it's, oh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, he, I knew Ryan that. wears two also. So. I knew that. I knew that, Pierre. That's why. Uh, but Marcus Mariota, from a DFS mm-hmm. perspective or from a fantasy perspective, I think we might be able to expect a little bit. I personally thought 
Felipe Franks was going to do okay. Every time yeah. I saw him, uh, on the, I, he, I mean, he's Marcus Mariota light. I mean, why did you? Why are you trying to get Marcus Mariota? Felipe Franks could do the same thing Mariota did. I didn't think Franks was good at Florida, so <laughs> I didn't understand that. But, but. what's Mariota going to do? Mariota's going to go around, running around out there, make some desperation passes, heave hose. There's no wide receivers for him to throw to. Zacchaeus, Damian Bird, Kadero Hodge, what is, Kyle Pitts. Come on, they're going to be triple teaming Kyle Pitts. They're not going to allow Cord- – <laughs> look at their running back situation, Pierre. Cordero Patterson is their starting running back, which is a good thing. They have a, a like, lot of hoes, a lot of hoes, and it'll be interesting what they do tonight, so – I mean, Mariota is, you know, reunited with Arthur Smith. Uh, you know, he played with him at, at Tennessee, so he should be familiar. And, you know, he has some, some rushing ability himself. I think his rushing upside is probably better than his arm. But uh, they're in rebuild mode, and that's just kind of what you do. They'll, they'll probably be bad again and, and have another, you know, top pick next year. Um, they could go quarterback themselves, you know. Um, I know the quarterbacks aren't really hot, it seems like, in this draft with Willis, Pickett, those guys, but they could go that route or they could just try to get better and, you know, kind of just spend the year with, with Mariota and kind of let the, the pieces kind of fall on the play as they may. But I don't know if they would have been that great anyways, even if Matt Ryan would still be there, obviously with the, the Calvin Ridley, you know, suspension type of situation as well. So it's it's a tough, but I mean, rebuilds, that's what happens. You got to go through some some tough years to, to kind of see those mountaintops again and there's certain teams in the NFL that I feel like they go through tough years consistently. Um, and the, the Falcons are, are really going to be in the hole, I think, for a while, unless they can really capitalize on some of these picks that they have. One of the best things I see about the Falcons roster is that Anthony Ferkser is named the second tight end, so we do not have to talk about Anthony Ferkser. We're moving on to the Panthers. We're just, I'm, I'm done with the Falcons. There wasn't anything to talk yeah. about there at all. We, we know Kyle Pitts is the guy you can want, but I don't even know why you would if Mariota's throwing to him. So anyway. Uh, we'll go I Carolina. mean, Blaney Walker had some pretty big years in Tennessee under uh, with Mariota. So just that was that 10 years ago. I'm just saying. It's, I mean, he's still, I mean, Mariota's on what, 26, 27? He's young. Like him and Jameis were same draft. Jameis won Mariota too, so he has to be like 26, 27. Uh, uh, what round would you draft Mariota in in redraft? I'm not drafting him. Okay. That, that's... <laughs> I, I draft Pitt still, but I'm not drafting Mariota. Would you draft Falco or or Mariota first? Falco. Shane Falco? All right, Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold is still named the starter right now. You can see why the Baker Mayfield rumors are circulating rather profusely. Christian McCaffrey, no questionable mark by him or anything like that. Chubba Hubbard still. Deontay Foreman back there, third string right now for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, They picked him up, and we saw his explosiveness a little bit last season. I think that's a good backup there. Their wide receiver room. It's still kind of the same, but it's changed a little bit, Pierre. What, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Richard Hollywood Higgins? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they have some talent there. Um, you got Marshall as well, who was, you know, uh, an early pick last year for them. or will be a second year under his belt. Um, I know, like, for fantasy, one of the, the main things that I think really gets people are rookie wide receivers. A lot of them give up on them after that first year. And there aren't many that, that tend to really just – you know, come out of the gates hot that first year. You'll have some, you know, first round like Chase that that will blow the doors off. But usually they need a additional year uh, to to kind of get successful. So it'll be it'll be fun. I think if they can get a quarterback, 
Uh, I believe they're sitting at pick six. Uh, we'll see what they decide to do. Uh, if they go quarterback, you can probably squash the the Baker rumors. If they don't, then, you know, they could bring in a, a Baker. I'm not sure how much of an upgrade will be. But as you mentioned, you know, having a McCaffrey, having DJ Moore and, you know, Robbie Anderson, some of these pass catchers uh, could really help them. They got Matt Rule, offensive coach as well. So uh, another one of these unique teams that are a little more advanced in their rebuild uh, than the, the Falcons are. So if they can get you know, a signal caller is going to go a long way, I feel, for the Panthers, and they can potentially, you know, start to, to make some noise. Now, who did Rashard Higgins play for last season? Remember? Uh, I know he was with the Browns. I don't know if that was mm. last season or not. Mm. That's, yeah, that was only, <laughs> that, that was only Dodd I was putting together, you know? That, <laughs> oh, Baker. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> A tight end room is pretty empty. Tommy Tremble, I know we talked about him a little bit. Well, you know, he was a hot name on the waiver wire just because everybody's so desperate for tight ends. I don't think that we got to worry too much about Tommy Tremble. Ian Thomas, I think we can move on to the New Orleans Saints, Mm -hmm. Pierre. New Orleans Saints, uh, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton is in the room, though. Andy Dalton, (laughs) uh, say what you will about Andy Dalton, uh, and I'm not saying he's good. I'm not saying he's bad. He's... Okay, he's he's not even as good as Kirk Cousins anymore, but Kirk Cousins is one of those 500 <laughs> quarterbacks. I don't know that Andy Dalton could get anything done. Jameis Winston was a leader of that team last year. If he comes back healthy, that could possibly change things. But with Sean Payton out of the room, I, I'm not sure how things are going to get mixed up here. There's so many question marks with this stuff. With Michael Thomas, uh, still, I don't know if he wants to play. If he doesn't want to play, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, team here. So you, you mentioned Peyton gone. He was kind of the offensive mind. They promoted Dennis Allen, who's more, you know, on the defensive side. But they were pretty good when Jameis was healthy. I think they started off like five and two uh, before he tore the, the ACL. And that was without, you know, Michael Thomas as well. So uh, Kamara, he's in some potential legal troubles, but they they have some talent, you know, there. If Thomas is back, it sounds like he's he's healthy. Uh, he's ready to go. If Kamara, you know, is on the field, he's he's clearly going to be really good. Um, Dalton's a, a serviceable backup. I mean, we saw it, you know, last year. He he can come out and keep you in a game there in Chicago if your your Bears there. Uh, obviously, you want it Fields on the field, uh, being the 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 rookie. But the the Saints are uh, they're interesting. I, I feel like they can they can win games. They showed it when Jameis was was there again. You're looking at quarterback. Uh, being the the issue here in this division, uh, but I know the Colts were interested in Jameis before the the Matt Ryan stuff uh, happened. They were they were going to send a jet to to visit Jameis as well. So uh, again, same age as Mariota, he's right around that that twenty six. He seemed to limit his interceptions uh, last year, which was the big deal uh, in Tampa. He's always been good, talented. He just couldn't limit the turnovers. But if he can do that, and you know they can get you know Thomas back, and they got two picks tonight. You know they traded their first. Uh, and and for next year, uh, 2023, uh, to the Mm. Eagles. So now they have two, you know, picks uh, in the teens. They could move up. They could get two, you know, players that are ready now also. So uh, landscape could be pretty important for the the Saints tonight, giving those two first-round picks. It could be. It could be. And they do. I mean, you know, I like Michael Thomas, Callaway, Traquan Smith. They're all very interesting players uh, in and of themselves. Uh, The tight end situation, Troutman is right there at the tight end. He's Mm -hmm. always one of those good names. Taysom Hill, though, has said no more quarterback, or maybe the Saints told him no more quarterback, (laughs) and that he is going to now be dedicated to the tight end position. I like that, just being able to, him being able to concentrate on that one spot. And he's really good at doing that. You know, I know we call him a Swiss Army knife kind of out there on the field. 
field a little bit. And if he's at tight end, there's a lot of different things that he could do, whether that's the jet sweeps coming around the corner. You know, just a lot of things that Taysom Hill can do. He can open yeah. up some options. But if we, we I, I'm fine not seeing him at a quarterback anymore. <laughs> he's an athlete, so you got to give him that. So uh, I, it won't hurt. I don't think it'll hurt, you know, giving some Troutman some competition there. Uh, it could be successful uh, if he can catch the ball, which I think he's shown. And I think you'll still see him a bit in some of those, you know, trick type of packages uh, just because he's he's so good with the ball in his hands as well. But, yeah, I mean, it, it can't hurt. They're already painting. Uh, so you might as well have him on the field versus a, a backup uh, with the amount of money that he they kind of structured his contract for. All right, that sounds good. And we're going to go over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I believe will be the favorites for that division. I'm just I'm going out on a limb to say this. Tom Brady, Tom Brady is their quarterback. Every mm-hmm. they're running it back. They're running it back is what they're doing. Uh, Gronkowski has not officially come back as of now, but I believe he's going to probably come back as well. And mm-hmm. they've added one addition, Russell Gage. Russell Gage is now their third wide receiver. Well, I don't see Antonio Brown coming back. Do you no, for this team? No, not at all. No, no, no. Russell, Gage, Russell Gage is going to fit in pretty well there. He, uh, Chris Godwin's going to be able to do his thing. Mike Evans is going to be able to do his thing. And I think that Russell Gage not having to be a number one wide receiver like we had to see him do in Atlanta last mm-hmm. season with Calvin Ridley, who is now suspended. Uh, it's going to be really good for Russell Gage. And I think that Tom Brady will be able to have that other guy that he really likes to have. Yeah, I think so as well. Gage is, is talented. Um, it took him a while to get going, you know, coming off of the injury the year before. Uh, but once he did, he was, like you said, probably the the wide receiver one since Ridley missed, you know, majority of the year. So it'll it'll be kind of similar to the Antonio Brown situation. I think Antonio is obviously more talented from a being on the field standpoint. But Gage is going to help. Uh, you got to hope that they're healthy. You know, that's kind of where they started to falter. Uh, a little bit in the playoffs, you you had uh, Brown obviously get released. Then Godwin, you know, got hurt, was was out. And yeah, even Evans got banged up a bit in the playoffs themselves. But if, if Brady has weapons, you know, he's going to spread the ball around the field. He all, he always has uh, Fournette's back, so he has the running back in the backfield. Uh, we'll see if they try to get, you know, any other talent. I know that, you know, Ronald Jones obviously left, but Gronk's probably a big one. Uh, I'm not sure that's being looked at as much. I think it's this assume that he's going to be back i'm not sure that's going to be the case but you know you're you're now left with what came and break because oj howard's gone also so that's a big one we'll see how that plays out i think giovanni bernard will probably uh continue to to excel in the passing game but uh, it'll be interesting they're definitely the favorites you know brady's back he came out of retirement didn't go to miami as some reports have been suggesting that he was kind of working his way there uh, which was interesting but they'll they're definitely the favorite for this division they'll probably win it get back in the playoffs and everybody be waiting for brady to retire again i don't know if he's gonna be able to retire or not uh, doing... hey pierre i always appreciate your input and i love talking baseball with you you and i haven't talked a lot of baseball prior to Mm-hmm. Uh, this this off season, but I, I really love talking baseball with you. And we've been looking at the stats a little bit here as we've gone over these things, just to see who's leading the league in different things. And every week something changes. And I, I like doing that. I also like looking at the standings with you, which I believe is important to do because we can see some fluctuations. And some of these standings have changed a little bit since last week. We mm-hmm. got the Yankees sitting on top that AL East at 13 and six, Toronto at 13 and seven, Tampa Bay, 11 and eight, Boston, eight and 12 and Boston, 
Baltimore down there at six and thirteen right now. The Yankees really at eight and two over their last ten. Pierre, they're they're just they're just dicing it up right now. Yeah, they 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 start to warm up, and obviously they have you know bats throughout that lineup with you know Judge, Stanton, Rizzo, and you know Lemay's kind of finding his form again. So. The talent's there. Uh, Cole looked better his last outing on the mound, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, so you definitely need pitchers. Uh, Rodas Chapman's like went into the the wayback machine because he's dealing out of the bullpen. Tyons look good, so I mean they're going to be right there. Uh, they have the payroll to be right there like every year, uh, so I, I do feel like it's going to probably be them or the Blue Jays. Uh, I always pull for for Tampa. They seem like the 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 underdog in this division all the times that can actually do something. Um, the Orioles really don't ever do anything, but the, the Rays are one of those, you know, teams that don't have the big spending, but they just have a, a good way of building a roster, uh, putting a really good team together to compete. And, you know, sometimes they get to the world series. Sometimes they don't, uh, once they do, they tend to break it up, but I do think it'll be the blue Jays or the Yankees just based off the, the talent on paper. Boy, Anthony Rizzo, three home runs the other day. Three home runs I in know, one game. That was, that was, it's so hard watching for him. Yeah, it, I think I think uh, they were. I think they were all like three hundred and twenty feet though. Is all, all yeah, it was home. like the shortest three homers <laughs> like ever, uh, based off the stat cast. Yeah. Uh, in the AL Central, I I I had to rub my eyes and look at this Minnesota. 11 and 8. Last 10, they're 8 and 2, winning 7 in a row over their last 10. I don't know how Minnesota is on top of this division, other than I got to say, Kansas City's in second at 7 and 10, White Sox 7 and 11, <laughs> Cleveland 7 and 11, and Detroit 6 and 12. Cleveland is on one of the more. The, 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 a terrible road trip here. They're on a terrible road trip. And I say that because I told you about Ramirez, picking Ramirez first and everything mm-hmm. like that. And so I've been paying really close attention to Cleveland. And I, I got <laughs> many guardians in many lineups, it feels like, all the time. But uh, they 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 left Cleveland uh, playing the White Sox. Then they went to New York, okay? They mm-hmm. went to New York. And then the next day, they flew them out to Los Angeles to play against the Angels. I mean, just how crazy is that kind of schedule to be at every single point of the map? I think next week, they're, or like this weekend, they're going over to Germany to play a three-game series. <laughs> you know, it's tough, man. We, I kind of talked about it early because they came out, remember, really hot with all the runs they were scoring. And we were we were talking about Mercado and Quan, and, and all of a sudden they come back to earth uh, here. And yeah, the traveling, you know, that has played a part of it some, but... I mean, you still gotta you gotta play these games and you know beat who's in front of you. Going from New York to Los Angeles isn't isn't easy. They'll, they'll stay in California as they got Oakland. Yeah. Uh, then they come back to play the Padres, which is a little weird. You think they just stay out there, but uh, they definitely come back to earth. Um, I'm surprised that the the Twins are early. No, I thought it was gonna be the White Sox. Um, <laughs> still could be, but the the White Sox have kind of faltered and just some some more injuries again. Uh, I know um, Juan Moncada hasn't played yet this year. Eloy Jimenez, uh, who the Cubs, you know, traded to the, the White Sox in the Quintana deal a few years ago. He's hurt again, and uh, their bats just haven't really woken up. Um, it's cold in Chicago right now, so that could play a part of it as well. But uh, the mm-hmm. Twins are out. It's cold in Minnesota, but they're Buxton's yeah, healthy, and, you know, they got Correa now. So it'll be interesting. I, I honestly thought the White Sox might run away with this division, but it doesn't look like it so far. No, no, and Nelson Cruz will be back soon for Minnesota. I just, I'm saying that I have no. <laughs> He's in uh, Washington. I, I know where he is. I know where he is. 
Washington may be regretting that signing though. <laughs> Los Angeles is out there in the AL West. They're winning that. They're leading that division twelve seven. Did I say winning? I meant winning too. Uh, Seattle's <laughs> eleven and eight. Houston's ten and nine. Oakland's ten and nine. I can't believe it. Texas is six and thirteen. Texas doesn't know what in the world has hit them whatsoever. <laughs> Very cool division to watch this one. This is going to be a nail biter all the way down to the finish line. Yeah, it's good to see the Angels up top. I know they start off slow and kind of talked about the fact, you know, they got two of the best players in the world and, you know, they need to start winning. You know, you got to take advantage of the the prime years of Trout, Otani, and uh, I think they're starting to, to put it together one four in a row. I like the Mariners. They made that run last year. I, I think as they, you know, get healthier, we get Hanniger and stuff back, they'll, they'll be right there in the mix. Astros, you know, people hate them because the whole cheating scandal, but they, they still find a way to win. Uh, some of those guys have started off pretty cool. Altuve, I think he's on the I.L. now. But mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty interesting. I think the, the A's are going to falter. I feel bad for the Rangers spending all that money on, you know, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon down there in the basement. But, I mean, the the paying for free agents doesn't always work out. And I know a lot of fans don't understand that. You want to hear the big names. Oh, yeah, we got we got the, the top guys. But sometimes it doesn't pay to, to pay those guys because they're they're not going to change the dynamic of your team. Uh, with the way you're built, and that's kind of what's happening there with the the Rangers right now. But it uh, should be fun. I think the Angels will, will probably continue to to stay on top of it, though. Yeah, well, it's cold down there in Texas. They they play some time. To <laughs> New York Mets are sitting on top of the NL East at fourteen and six. Miami's at ten and eight. Philadelphia ten and ten. Atlanta eight and eleven. Washington six and fifteen. I can see them selling off some pieces here before too long. Well, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, it, it, the, the, it comes at you fast. It comes at you fast. Yeah. Uh, they already and, did. <laughs> who'd they sell off? Uh, well, yeah, I think they had Scherzer and well, Trey. I Turner mean, they, yeah, 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 they were doing so it last they're, year. They're yeah, rebuilding yeah, yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, but I thought, yeah, Nelson Cruz on his way back to Minneapolis. Just mark my words. <laughs> I've been saying that for a while. Now. Joe Mauer, Justin Romano, they're all coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but Mets look like they are in control of that division right mm-hmm. now. A, a good team, pitching and hitting wise, uh, top to bottom. It just looks like the team to beat. Yeah, yeah. I think the Grom hasn't even you know taken the field yet, so. I think the Mets will be tough. Uh, the Phillies are starting to turn it on a bit. Uh, I think that'll be the, the competition there. They've won four in a row. Uh, they obviously got a ways to go. Long season, but it's going to be tough. When you're running out Scherzer, uh, if you get a healthy DeGrom back, you know, it's going to be really tough to beat a team like the Mets. As they're, you know, starting to hit, you know, P. Alonso's warming up. Lindor yeah. so far looks a lot better than he did last year as well. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun division if the Phillies can can continue to put some together. And even the Braves are getting a, a Acuna back tonight. So see what they can do. Uh, it's oh, things yeah. leaving, losing Friedman, but I think they're still talented also. They got a sweet hat coming out with Acuna too, where it's got a chain on the oh, middle yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for me. It's not for me, but I mean, it's, it looks like it's, you know, it's for the young kids. Hey, they may be wearing some of those things at the draft later on. I don't know. <laughs> I was hey, waiting. Speaking about the speaking about the Mets, you talk about the Mets starting to get hit. Yeah, they are starting to get hit. Starting to hit. Starting to get hit. They're starting to hit people. A lot of controversy <laughs> surrounding the Mets right now, and the amount of players that are getting hit. And who, who is it? Bassett is it Bassett who came out and said that the MLB just doesn't care about what the, what the what the balls are like right now because the balls are garbage and everybody knows it. Yeah, he did, and uh, he came from Oakland. He's looked pretty good, but it's just interesting how that all plays out because. There's all these like unwritten rules in baseball where you can't do this, you can't do that, and you never know if if it's the ball or if folks are just retaliating or if they're just a bad pitcher, which can also happen. 
so it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of unfolds. Obviously, you, you got to take it pretty seriously if it comes to, to player health. Uh, those baseballs hurt, especially coming as fast as they are. Uh, so it'll be seeing. Uh, they might juice them up, you know, here a little later once it warms up as well to, to kind of get some offense going. But we'll we'll see how it plays out. Um, but it could be an issue if the the balls are junk and if the pitchers continue to complain, especially now you know they're getting their hands checked and all that, you know, coming out of the game. So uh, they'll have to do something. Uh, Manfred will have to do something. Yeah, speaking of can't that unwritten rules here, you can't do this, you can't do that. Cincinnati Reds cannot win, is what they cannot do. They are <laughs> they are sitting at the bottom of the NL Central at three and sixteen. Milwaukee is at top of that, thirteen and seven. St. Louis ten and seven. Cubbies right there at eight and ten, and Pittsburgh at eight and eleven. I'm hoping to be over five hundred here very very soon. I'm not sure that we're going to be able to do it, but I'm hoping that we can as soon as we leave Atlanta. <laughs> Probably not. Um, I don't expect the Cubs to be that great uh, this year. It was a nice win last night, but. Um, when you get rid of, you know, your Rizzo's, Baez, Bryant's, it's just kind of the rebuild. I was shocked they even signed Suzuki, who looks great, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think maybe uh, next year, once Hayward's contract comes off the books, you know, they can start to to try to to get some more pieces in there, build some of these young guys uh, that they have in AAA up. But uh, the Brewers, Cardinals, I think it's going to be the Brewers. I don't think the Cardinals are that good, personally. Um, I know they got Arenado, they got Goldschmidt, but even when you look like last year, they were they were like a 500 team most of the year, and then they just kind of went on a run where they won like 16, 17 in a row. I don't see that happening this year. I don't I don't think they have the pitching to make that happen. Uh, the Brewers, their pitching staff's ridiculous. You got Burns, Woodruff, Peralta look really good uh, finally today. So I think the Brewers are probably going to come out of the Central, and they might win it by a lot. Uh, looking at the rest of these teams. San Francisco, thirteen and six. I, you know, like you said, the Cubs. I hope, I hope we get to five hundred. That's what I want. I, I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm five hundred. I, I don't, I don't want to live in mediocrity. But at the same time, this is a try hard bunch, and so I like doing that. But I, I've, I've just, I've just kind of said, okay, since I can't really pull for my Cubs this year, I can, but you know, got to, got to have realistic expectations. I'm just going to mm-hmm. pull against the Dodgers. Is what I'm going to do. So San Francisco's <laughs> at 13 and six. The Dodgers are at 12 and six. San Diego Padres 13 and seven. The Rockies at 10 and nine, about to head back to Colorado. And Arizona mm-hmm. is at eight and 11 uh, right now. Pierre, something I noticed when I play DFS or anything like that. Sometimes I'll try to go out to the waiver wire and get some players that are going to be going to Colorado to stack up them just to mm-hmm. be able to have them on my team. It, it always seems to fail. Like maybe the guys on the waiver wire aren't very good. That's why they're on the waiver wire and <laughs> playing in Colorado isn't going to help very much, but it just, it seems like, especially that first game or two while people are in Colorado, they're just mm-hmm. trying to hit the long ball too hard or something. It just doesn't seem to pay off. Well, they also installed like a humidor like a year or two ago. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't fly out the way it used to uh, just because that humidor, and the same goes for like Arizona, like those, those, those muggy type situations at altitude, it, it's kind of, you know, brought down with the humidor. And I don't think people really adjust for that. Um, yeah. You're still going to have Vegas, you know, having them with high over unders, but uh, at least like in Arizona, it's going to depend on if that roof's open or not. And it's also going to depend on the pitchers on the mound. If you got good pitchers, you know, they're going to, they're going to be good. You know, they're, they're good no matter where they go. Uh, and the, the Rockies themselves have, have kind of gotten some pitchers, that may not be big names, but they've learned how to pitch in that park with Freeland, uh, Herman Marquez. So those type of guys uh, are kind of limiting some of the damage. And so you don't see the ball flying out 
um, of course, feel like he used to. It's still a big park, uh, so if you can hit it in the gaps, you know, you can do it that way, but the ball is not flying out from a home run standpoint like it used to because of the humidor and because the the pitching, you know, has improved uh, with those that are, are there. Oh, I agree. I agree. And they put a humidors all over the major league ball clubs, uh, ball fields. That's that's probably why all the hitting is down is what I've heard, mm-hmm. what I've read uh, from when I told you that a couple of weeks ago. All right, Pierre, we're going to look at some stats. But this week, instead of looking at player individual stats, because we don't have a lot of time left here tonight, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to look at MLB team stats. Just kind of looking at some of these team stats to see what teams you might want to pick on whenever you're looking at DFS things or, or you know, thinking about your uh, fantasy baseball teams a little bit. So I'm going to ask you, Pierre, uh, you got uh, you got a couple of choices here. I think you're going to be able to get a couple of these right here in the top five or so here. Uh, who, who's leading the league? Don't look. Don't cheat. I don't know if you're cheating or not. I trust you. You're a trustworthy man, Pierre. Okay. Uh, <laughs> who is leading the league in home runs? Team-wise, team-wise. Team home runs. Mm-hmm. Let's go Yankees. Let's go Yankees. They're at 25, which is tied for second with Los Angeles, okay. uh, the Angels. And Toronto Blue Jays are sitting on top with 26. Ah, gotcha. 26. Atlanta Braves have 21, Astros 21, and the Giants have 21. Several teams there have 20. Tier, on the opposite side of things, who is <laughs> not leading the league in home runs? Oh, boy, who stinks? The Reds. The Reds, the Cincinnati Reds actually have 12 home runs, and they are tied for 24th, I think, or 24th, okay? Can, I just knew they were bad. <laughs> can you think of somebody who's worse? Uh, Baltimore? Baltimore. Baltimore is right down there at the bottom. They're number 29. They are. They have nine home runs. Whoever is below Baltimore, there's one team below Baltimore that only has eight home runs, Pierre. It starts with Detroit and ends in stinkers, or tigers. <laughs> The Detroit okay. Tigers have eight okay. home runs, a terrible ballpark to hit home runs. Baltimore mm-hmm. also redesigned their ballpark to where it is no longer home run friendly. And they've got a you know Baltimore's pitching staff. Don't sleep on the Baltimore pitching staff. And I think what Baltimore did was they redesigned that park to go towards their strengths. You know, and yeah. the bad thing is, is it didn't help their weaknesses is what it didn't do either. <laughs> uh, the Washington Nationals at 11, Pittsburgh Pirates at 11, Kansas City Royals at 11, and the Boston Red Sox. At eleven, isn't that something? I didn't think that is something. The Red Sox uh, down there that low, Pierre. I didn't think I'd see them that low. They got some hitters, you know. You got JB Martinez and Devers, um, Bogarts, and they they signed Story, who started off really slow. So yeah, it's shocking to hear Boston down there for sure. Even with the Rick Green Monster, like it tends to to get out of that that at least that side of the field pretty yeah. easily if you can get it over the wall. <clears throat> yeah. Who is leading the league in runs scored, Pierre? Uh, I have no idea. We'll, we'll go Blue Jays since they got the home runs. Yeah, I say runs scored. I don't know if earned runs factor into runs. You know, I don't, I don't know how that all works out. Yeah. Baseball's got those weird things, man. I, I still don't know what a quality start is sometimes, you know, or how, <laughs> how people get a win or a save sometimes. I'm going, wait, how did that happen? Uh, but runs, Los Angeles Angels. Then the Philadelphia uh, Angels got 99. Phillies got 96. Mets got 94. Cubs have 91 and a three-way tie there with the Padres and the Giants at 91. So interesting to see our team's name up there. But, yeah, the, okay. but the Phillies, who aren't translating necessarily to victories, but they're scoring a lot of runs. Well, I tell you, their lineup's like stacks. You got Harper and Schorber and Castellanos, Hoskins. They're, they're really good offensively. So I expect them to, to warm up and their pitching can you know do anything. They should be right there with the Mets at the end of the year. 
Here at the DFS Dreamer Podcast, we always like to look to see who we can score runs with on our DFS lineups for Major League Baseball, and the Kansas City Royals aren't one of them. They're at the bottom at 57, (laughs) the Diamondbacks have 57, the Tigers have 58, the Reds at 59, and the White Sox with 59 right along with the Orioles, Pierre. That's not good. Yeah, I can't believe that with the White Sox. But again, I think they'll they'll bounce back because they've had injuries. We mentioned a Oh, Jimenez and Moncada, Luis yeah. Roberts right now, so or Robert as you call him. Yeah, well, you call Goddard. You call you're not Goddard. You didn't say go there. You go bear. You said go bear earlier, and I, I wanted to correct you and say no, it's Gobert. His name is Gobert. Yeah, I did not. Uh, strike. Hey, strikeouts. We like to look at strikeouts whenever we're picking pitchers. What team do you like to pick against? The Baltimore Orioles should be one of those teams. 189 strikeouts. The Oakland Athletics, 181. The Reds, the Diamondbacks, the Brewers at 175. The Pirates at 175. And, and, you know, a surprising team that you brought up the other day, the Los Angeles Angels at 174 Mm -hmm. along with the Padres at 174. Just because they got big lineups doesn't mean they won't strike out a lot. It's true, and I mean, you, you got to keep that in mind. I, I know it can be scary, like from a DS, DFS standpoint, because you're you're thinking about Otani and Trout, and you know they can hit home runs, put up runs, but you know if they're striking out as well, you know you got to sometimes take advantage of that because even pitchers will be priced down uh, against a team like the Angels uh, or the Padres. I know they're you know without Tatis, but that's something to, to keep in mind is just because their lineup stack, you know, you can still get some strikeouts, and that's what you want. From pitchers in DFS, you want you want guys to get strikeouts and you know go as many innings as possible. Yeah, and something something that's funny here is the 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 best at not striking out is that that's I guess I said that right. Uh, yeah. Kansas City Royals have only struck out 126 times, so they're putting the bat on the ball, but they've only scored 57 runs, and they're the lowest in scoring runs as well. So I don't know. That's not translating very well, putting the bat on the ball. Maybe they need to swing and miss a little bit more. The White Sox are down there at the bottom. The Cardinals are down there at the bottom as well, uh, uh, striking out a lot. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, hey, get the ball in play is one thing, but you, you got to get on base, <laughs> which is another thing. And- <laughs> It's it's tough for, for Kansas City for sure. I mean, you gotta think that, you know, they don't have Solaire, which I know he had strikeouts, but he was also hitting home runs with Maryfield started off pretty slow. And they got some younger guys up, you know, Bobby Witt Jr. He's a, a big high prospect, but he's still gonna be finding his way. Uh, Sal Perez has kind of come back to earth a bit. Modesty hasn't really lived up to his hype. Um so you just got those type of guys who, you know, younger guys, you know, trying to find their way. Uh it's just tough. If you can get it in play, yeah, you're not striking out, but if you're just grounding out, that's not going to help you either. Stolen bases. So we like to look at stolen bases. Everybody needs those stolen bases. If you're in a five by five category league or <laughs> probably even a points league or a road league, you like to have those stolen. Bo- the most exciting moment in MLB baseball, if you ask me, is people stealing bases. I love it. St. Louis Cardinals are leading the league in stolen bases, Pierre, with 17. 17. Really? Yes, they are. I, Los Angeles Angels are second with 14. Well, tied with the Dodgers with 14. But here's the interesting caveat about the Angels. They've stolen 14 bases. They've been caught stealing 10 times. So, <laughs> and they're running, I guess. They're running, no, they're though. running more than anybody else. They're running more than anybody else, which is really weird. The Royals there at 13. Mondesi, I think, ended up, uh, he's going to end up with uh, MCL injury, and he's out for the mm-hmm. season, I believe. Oh. So that, that, those yeah. numbers may go down. He's, yeah, he's out for the season now. Uh, Mariners at 13. Orioles at 12. Miami at 12. Uh, down here at the bottom. How is Javier Baez with the Detroit Tigers, and they only have stolen two bases? I mean, I know he's been <laughs> he's hurt. He's been hurt, yeah. Yeah, so but I mean, still, Javier Baez. 
They're just not they're not that great. <laughs> Braves with three, Nationals with four, the Twins with four. You would have thought Buxton would have had four by himself. I know he's been hurt too, but Yeah, they so. wouldn't want to send him. I wouldn't want him to, to try steal bases just because you want him healthy and, and on the field. So um you gotta keep that part in mind. I think the Braves will go up, you know, you got Albies or getting a Kuna back. So I think that'll will start to go up a bit, but it's just not it's not as frequent as it used to be. You know, teams are more just trying to bat around or, or keep guys on base um, in hopes that that next batter can hit one out of the park. So they're, they're not taking as many chances on the base path. No, and, and last thing here, Pierre, as far as average goes, the Arizona Diamondbacks are the wor- league's worst at 178, the Reds at 197, Astros down there at the bottom at 204, 204, it's, it's really weird to see that, Oakland Athletics at 206, guess who's leading the league, Pierre? I know Astros. this one, this is Ooh. us, yeah, we're leading look, the league, oh yeah. 267, oh, yeah. They're not, they, they don't factor in Patrick Wisdom? <laughs> he's, he's gotten warm, he's warmed up. A little bit, and obviously Suzuki, you know, he's he's always hitting well, and we just we don't strike out as much with the lineup that we have. So yeah, I, I didn't know that we were we're leading an average. Yeah, we certainly are. Pierre, great show. Uh, sorry I had to cut it off short. I hope you enjoy the NFL draft. I would love to see you in one of those outfits that those young men are wearing, just so you can you know be styling and profiling like Ric Flair, baby. Woo! That's right. Hey, great job, Pierre. Make sure you follow him over on Twitter at Wee 31 Don't forget to follow the show at FI with a little under, uh, FI. What a FI today with a little underscore at the end. And you can follow me as well at Loafing It Over there on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. Please slap a like. Please go ahead and leave a review. Whatever you can do about this, uh, subscribe to the channel as well. But more importantly than all those actions, Fit Fam, we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.